When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Tuesday. I'm Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners. I'm Chris Plank, and this is the game plan. We do this live. I've got, I brought the laptop, so we're ready for instant reaction to everything including what we just watched and listened to with the Lincoln Rally press conference. I mean, a big takeaway for me was seeing that Woody Washington's going to be out for a while. You hate to see that, but Billy Bowman being back looks like good news for him. That is good news. I wish somebody had asked about Danny Stutzman. Not that I expect him to be back this week. Right. But I I just wonder how long they are expecting that to be. Did you um, hear what Teddy said about Danny Stutzman? On his podcast? Yeah. Yeah. That he... Expecting him to potentially start against Nebraska if he would have been healthy? If he would have been healthy. I think that's how high they are on him. And Teddy knows, obviously, that he has quickly worked his way, you know, into the two deep and maybe into a starting position. But this injury has knocked him back. I'm just – we'll ask tonight if – on the Lincoln Riley show at Rudy's. But, yeah, that's bad news about Woody. Fortunately, they are deep at the cornerback position – I think they'll be fine. DJ Graham, Latrell McCutcheon, and others there. Uh, Eaton played a little bit on a Saturday. Jaden Davis has played well. So I think they're going to be okay. But Woody's probably their best player at that position. So it was encouraging that Lincoln said they do expect him back this year. So I just want to look back on Saturday real quick. And I was on cloud nine. I oh, mean, great. It, 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 was one of those, awesome. it was one of those games to where everything leading up to the week, and I'm very grateful for everyone who shared their story on the Legacy Series that podcast. That podcast was so cool. Did you finally get to oh, listen yeah, to it? Yeah, no, I got to listen to it. it that, I, I loved the way you did it, getting everybody to tell their own stories. Mm-hmm. Just made it. It was an emotional week, wasn't it? it was. I don't want to be sappy. <laughs> I don't want to be sappy. No, but everything, that podcast, the banquet Friday night, the game, everything uh, Jacob Potter and, and his crew did. We have Arch and Tori, kudos. Yeah. Everything that everybody did was just A-plus leading into this football game. And then even the game itself, yeah. just seeing those 
uniforms back on the field together. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was awesome. And was so I'm, I'm legitimately floating from the locker room back upstairs. I mean, every it was just it was a great atmosphere. And so the game itself, we're watching some of the highlights. There you see the logo. Um, everything leading up to it. Nebraska fans were amazing. Big new Look gig. At Bob. Yeah. Coach Stoops was fired Who is up. that guy? Who is that guy? He's awesome. Bob Stoops <laughs> leading the Boomer Sooner chant. Uh, so everything about it was just amazing. Look at that, that beat Nebraska hat that he that had a little dust up right before. I wasn't expecting that. No, me neither. Me neither. And it was um, it was amazing. And so you get to the game, and and the game to me lives up to the hype and everything was great about the game. It was amazing. Was that the slowest moving flyover you've ever seen? There was a part of me that was at one point wondering as a paranoid flyer, it's like, we this thing going to get over the stadium in time for us to start this game? I mean, just look, Nebraska was back on, on Owen Field and Oklahoma wins the game 23-16 and I'm feeling really good about things and uh, I, I always park on La Homa. It's like, oh, go ahead. I'm just wondering why we're showing Western Carolina. Oh, they're, well, because they don't want us to get too excited about Nebraska. There we, there go. we go. Um, Maybe this is a running game mixed match. It's the magic of what's been going on with both Kennedy Brooks, at times Mike Woods, and Eric Gray. And so I, I park on Lahoma. I used to live on Lahoma, so like, it's a good luck charm thing every game. I, I park on Lahoma. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, it's weird. I'm a weird person. So as I'm walking in my car, I got stopped by a Sooner fan who is – Everything you would like has a beautiful family. Um, dude is is dressed perfectly, and as I'm going by, wow, what was the mood in the locker? Room? And in my mind, and I know he's watching, sir. It was awesome to meet you. I'm like great, we're in the game. It's awesome. Yeah. And he's like, gosh, just we gotta get some things figured out. And at that moment, yeah. you're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we got to get back to some reality here because there's a level of expectation with the quarterback position here in the offense to where when a team wins a game scoring 23 points, you kind of stop and you're like, ooh, um, what's going on here? This is a team that their people expect them to rack up 500 yards and, you know, have 50-point games. So it's understandable that maybe seeing a game that finishes 23-16 where you thought your quarterback could play better, Toby, there would be a lot of questions, but... I thought they gutted out and, and gritted out a, a heck of a win on Saturday. It was an entertaining game. Uh, one thing Teddy says is we're going to have to kind of learn how to enjoy football games differently as a fan base right. because we're so used to seeing 50 and 60 point games that this might be a team that leans more on the defense, which means lower scoring games, which means closer football games than but still wins nonetheless right. so I agree there are things that need to be better I think that the explosiveness offensively that we have become accustomed to in the Lincoln Riley era hasn't been there yet with this team this year I think it will I think it will happen defenses are playing them a little differently they have missed on some explosive opportunities but they have had to more patiently work their way down the field Three touchdown drives on Saturday. They had a 14-play, 10-play, and 12-play touchdown drive. And that is not all bad. Right. You know, that's okay because it wears down a defense. It also allows your defense to rest. Once upon a time around here, we were playing 50-49, to 56-55, and the defense was out there every 
two, three minutes because the offense was scoring so quickly. So there's a little give and take there. Now, that being said, it does feel like Rattler has been just okay so far. It does feel like that Marvin Mims has not been as big of a factor as we expected. And they're having to settle for field goals more often than we. So I do agree. There is a significant room for improvement offensively. But they're 3-0. and Right. And it is much better to learn those lessons and continue to strive for improvement with an undefeated record than last year at this time they were 1-2. and two. So I do think there are also some very good things going on. The defensive line has been as advertised. 13 sacks. They forced seven turnovers. They're plus five in the turnover margin. Had five sacks on Saturday and could have had about five or six more. He <laughs> could have had double-digit sacks. I, th- I I have very little concern that the offense is going to crank it up. I, I think they'll get better. I mean, maybe if the guy calling the shots hadn't done it before, I'd be a little worried about it. Right. I, I know Lincoln Riley knows what he's doing. I know Spencer Rattler is explosive as a quarterback. They got weapons. I think that offensive line's got to be a little better. It'll come along. So... I think this is going to become a better offensive team. I don't know if it is a Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, explosive offense team. I don't think they have to be with the defense they've got this year. I think they can play a little different game stylistically than they have in the past. But that doesn't mean there isn't room for improvement. Real quick. What do you feel like Spencer Rattler's completion percentage is this year? I I heard you say this on the air this morning. Were you surprised by that? Yes. Yes. It feels like. He's completing about 50% of his right. passes. And, and when you hear the buzz around it, you feel like he's had like 800 turnovers. He, he's 75% completion percentage. And by the way, let me go ahead and answer a question. Well, what if you take out the Western Carolina game? It's still over 70%. I, think, <laughs> I did I that the this opener, morning. The opener was well over 80%. So um, nine touchdowns he's responsible for and two interceptions. And I'm not arguing that he's playing great. I right. don't think he is. I think he's playing okay, but the numbers aren't that bad. Like, he's he's still had a really pretty nice start to the year and can be much better, much better than he has been so far. It's almost as if if you say something nice, right, like, wow, look at these numbers where they are, people – Think well, you're 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 oh he's doing great. Well, we're not necessarily saying that. Nor is he. I nor think it's Lincoln the Riley. lack of the explosive plays. Right. You, you haven't seen the splash plays, the wow plays, the mm-hmm. seventy-yard bombs, the whatever. Uh, he he had some passes last year that were sizzle passes. You know, right. back shoulder. Probably the best throw of the year was the back shoulder touchdown pass to Mario Williams against Western Carolina. Yeah. And that was a ten-yard pass. Mm-hmm. So there haven't been a whole lot of wows to hang your hat on so far with Spencer. He's just kind of methodically gone about completing passes for the most part, getting it down the field. He's turned it over a couple times, but just a couple of times. Through the first three games last year, he had thrown four interceptions and I think had a fumble or two on top of that. So he's playing okay. Again, I'm not trying to say he needs to play better than he is so far. That that leads into what Nick James says in the uh, comments. By the way, hit up with a question or thought on Facebook. We're live on Facebook, and I think Soonersports.tv. Nick writes, good win, but I don't think Rattler is completely comfortable yet. What about you guys? I don't know if it's a comfort thing. I don't know if if it's a a risk versus reward thing 
But it's just there hasn't been that. And Lincoln Riley brought up a good point. He goes, you might see some of the same guys, but there's a lot of moving parts out there. Mims isn't outside. He's inside now. Jaden Hazelwood back in the mix. You know, there's no Theo Wees. Austin Stogner hasn't been as involved. New offensive line. So, again, not making excuses, just pointing out there is a lot that's different from the end of last year. They have certainly, and Spencer is the head of this, offensively not hit that rhythm. Sure. You know, like we, we have seen in recent years where – Bada boom, bada bing. Everybody's on the same page. <laughs> Offensive line, uh, you know, Shepard and Mayfield and Kyler Dee -dee. and Dee, Dee and CD and everybody knew where they were going and what they were doing. And wow, this is this is a juggernaut. They haven't hit that rhythm yet right. offensively. It still looks a little stop and startish. Uh, they'll have a nice play followed by a three and out, or they'll have a penalty that'll put them behind the chains. They're not a lot of big plays, so. I get it. Offensively, it hasn't looked as pretty so far. It hasn't been as pretty so far as we're used to in, in recent years. Um, I've really been impressed with what I've seen from both Jaden Hazelwood and Mario Williams. Let's start with Jaden yeah. because, A, he's a great post-game interview, so I want him to do good every single game. <laughs> but, you know, this is a guy that has that, that size, right? You look at him, he's, he's a beast. I, I don't know if he's not as fast as Mario Williams, but – you know, he was an inside guy that they moved back. By the way, that push on the sideline is hilarious. Oh, the, on, more, the more I see it. But, you know, he does a good job of catching the ball, strong hands. And it appears as if, Toby, that Spencer Rattler is gaining a massive amount of trust in him. Six catches, what, five the week before, so 11 in the last two games. He's, he's really starting to come along for them offensively. Agree. I agree as well that it does look like Rattler's developing a chemistry with him. He is uh, kind of an obvious target on that zone read slant because he is big. He's six foot three. Uh, I think there's room for him to kind of expand his game as a deep threat as well with that size. He's not a burner necessarily, but with that size, he makes a good deep target, good red zone target for them. More than anything, it's just great to see him looking comfortable out there, like he trusts his knee. Um, so I think it's a good start to the season for Jaden, and he's got a chance for bigger and better things. As for Mario, we've seen glimpses of that right there where he's got a quickness, a shiftiness to him. He also can throw the ball pretty well, we have found out. <laughs> he's completed a pass and he completed a trick play, play lateral this week. But I think we're just going to see his prowess grow. So Lincoln Riley brought up. Oh, it was his shoe. It was his shoe that came <laughs> off. I'm sorry. There's we, the there, throwback. I was mad at myself on a sideline report the other day. Lincoln Riley brought up Hollywood in his press conference today about how the first half of the 2017 season, right? Uh, uh, Hollywood didn't play. Like, when they went to Columbus, yeah. Hollywood didn't even play. Neither did Rodney Anderson. And by the end of the year, he was a superstar. And I think that's got a chance to be Mario. Now, Mario's already playing. But I think they're just kind of scratching the surface of what kind of a weapon he can be for this team. He's still trying to figure out where to get open. His run after catch, he's been tripped up by a shoestring a couple of times from having really big plays or his whole shoe in the case of there. Uh, I, I think we'll look back, um, you know, second half of the season and Mario Williams is one of the most electric players in college football. Not just a big part of this team, I think he, we will look at Mario soon the way that people looked at Hollywood Brown. I agree. I agree. And, I just, and I'll tell you what, 
Cody Jackson is not too far behind either. He's playing well. He, he's playing well. All right, a couple of questions off Facebook. Uh, Kevin writes, is Marvin Mims completely healthy, not being used much? So here's what I would say, just from my opinion on Marvin Mims. He is playing a different position. Mm -hmm. And I know we all played Madden and we're like, receivers, receiver, come on. No, inside receiver is a much different set of rules and responsibilities than outside receiver. And, oh, did Nebraska get physical with him last week? I, I, would, I would, again, not everyone has time to sit down and watch all the highlights, and we do that for you. Um, it was hard for him to get open on Saturday. And I think, I think anyone who watched it would agree, you know, look, there's two bodies around him right there, and he takes a big hit. And he just – I don't know if it was a Nebraska game plan or what it was, but, it, I mean, it legitimately took a trick play just to get him a little bit of space, right? And there's still two bodies that are trailing him there. So – I think the adjustment for him is continuing to get stronger. You know, you're playing that in inside a receiver position. You've got to get through the trash a little bit more. And it's again, it's not like Spencer doesn't have confidence in him. We, we know he can make big plays. I just still think there's an adjustment period for him. As far as I know, he's healthy. They don't tell he us that healthy. kind of information. So as far as I know, he's healthy. I, I would like to see Marvin get the ball more. I, I would like to see Stogner get the ball more. I would like to see Mario get the ball more. I would like to see Stoops get the ball more. I'd love to see Mike Woods get the ball more. And I'm not trying to be funny there. Part of the problem is what Nebraska did was shorten this game. There were yeah. eight, eight possessions in this game. It wasn't a ton of opportunities. Right. It's it a lot like Army. The, yeah, Army or the Iowa State or the Kansas State game plans in recent years. Eight and a half possessions because they had one right there before halftime. So, you know, in a normal OU offensive football game, or at least in the last few years, they'll have – 13, 14, 15 offensive possessions, sometimes more than that. And there's just more opportunities for more plays. I think Marvin's production has been a little shockingly low so far early in the year. I get, I get that, but I think it'll ramp up as we go along. He'll get more comfortable with the new position. Rattler will get more comfortable with him. Marvin's going to be Mar a big part hey, of this offense. Marvin's the least of my concerns, man. I, I think the kid's a rock star. Um, he's he's going to play in the NFL. And he's just going to get stronger and better. You went through a two-game. This is probably going to end up being, when his career is all said and done, a two-game stretch that we look back on like, man, isn't that wild to think he only caught five balls in two games? Mm -hmm. right? I just, I know that I'm not breaking any news here. He has the all-time home uh, touchdown home run record. Listen to me. All-time <laughs> touchdown. Isn't that Mario Williams? Isn't he playing baseball he's this playing year? Baseball, okay. Yeah. He's got the all-time freshman touchdown record. You know, in the history of Oklahoma, yeah. C.D. Lamb, you know, Mark Clayton, he, no freshman had more touchdowns than, than Marvin Mims. So I, and I'm not saying that the commenter was worried about him. It's just I think he's like us. We want to see more of him. Sure. But you're at a wealth of riches right now at the skill position, uh, skill positions where you want to see guys get the and ball And a more. limited amount of plays right. that have been happening. So I'm with you. I'm, ex I'm excited to see this offense hit a different gear. Here's a good question from Dan. Your questions are great today, and obviously we can't get to all of them. But Dan writes, is it possible that Coach Riley is playing kind of close to the vest with play calling, kind of saving something for the conference games? Um, I don't know that. I, I think that more than playing it close to the vest, I think usually a playbook builds as a year goes along. So I don't think Lincoln's sitting there going, you know, we don't need much to get by Team X, Y, or Z. Let's save it all for, for Texas or whatever the case may be. I doubt that's the case. But no. I do think a playbook builds – as a year goes along, you know, you start fall camp or whenever you start to throw things on a guy as far as putting in game plan and then you just kind of go and go and go. And they got a lot of new guys. I'm sure that 
maybe there's some things they're waiting to install. But, you know, we don't have, we're not privy to that kind of information. Um, a good question by our buddy Evan Todd. What'd you think of the DJ Graham interception? <laughs> I think it was, you know, one of maybe the best catch in the history of Owen Unreal. Field. Unreal play. I, 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 you know, somebody can tell me back in 1950 or whatever, somebody made a better one. The C.D. Lamb catch was otherworldly, but it didn't count. You know, he came down out of bounds, the one-handed grab that he made. I know. So, at least as far as interceptions go, ridiculous is the answer. I mean, the catch is great with one hand. The body agility to do a 360 in the air and hang on to that football is absurd. It's, I mean, they already, well, they, he's already got a t-shirt out and see, everything. Yeah. There's gonna, um, we will see that play from now until kingdom come. I, I was watching Sunday and putting together our Sunday soundbite podcast, and I'm watching the NFL, and he's, Randy Moss is talking about him. It, it kind of gives you an idea about the youth of some of these guys that are out there whenever DJ Graham said, hey, C.D. Lamb was talking about me on Twitter. Look, C.D. Lamb's talking about me on Twitter. And I stopped for a moment. I was like, but you play... Oh, gosh, that's right. CD's been gone for two years. You never even played. With CD, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, of course he would. You played with him. But that's still in every angle. Every angle. Look at Trey. Did you see Trey Young yeah, in the background? Uh, every angle of this is absolutely incredible. The camera guys did an incredible. I think Grant Wade's <laughs> angle was an unreal. Mario Williams I love, right away. Yeah, I love this right here. <laughs> <laughs> They'd seen it in practice enough. Oh, oh gosh, unbelievable. You know, and, and it's also one of those those plays where some people are like, should have just knocked it down. And Lincoln made the made the comment about thinking about reviewing it. I'm sorry, man. If I got a chance to make a play like that, I'm gonna probably go make that play. I don't know that anybody can think that quickly. It would have, you know, probably wouldn't have hurt Lincoln's feelings if the ball had trickled out. But <laughs> like so I heard somebody say something about social media capital, you know. You want to win the game. Like Q rating. You, right? want, you want to win the game. But now that they've won the game, the amount of publicity and social media capital that they're going to get, not oh. just DJ, the University of Oklahoma and everything from that catch is probably worth him going ahead and catching it. Craig, you know? we, do, do, <laughs> Craig, it. Craig Moran, our producer. Do we have time for a couple more comments here? I'm, I'm awful with how long we end up. Because, you know, I mean, usually we could sit here and talk. All and we day. will. We, we, yeah. we will, yeah. Two-minute warning, okay. Uh, Rob asks a very good question. Why do you think we are not dominating in the run game? We appear to have a lot of talent on the offensive line. Um, I just don't think it's gelled yet. You know, I, I, I think that they had 194 yards rushing against Nebraska, and they ran the ball in that final possession when they had to and when Nebraska knew they were going to run the ball. But I do agree it hasn't been as dominant as two years ago and beyond. Last year, they didn't run the ball great. Uh, but before that, in previous years, when they had Jalen in the run game and Kyler in the run game and even Baker to some extent, more quarterback run game was involved. So that zone read was a bigger threat. It's not as big of a threat with Spencer Rattler, who's not as big of a threat to tuck it and run it himself. That's part of it. But I also think you've got an offensive line that's still trying to figure it out. Who goes where? Who's going to be our five horses that we're going to ride with? They're still subbing some guys in and out now and then. So that's going to be a work in progress. I do think if Kennedy and Eric can stay healthy, 
that this is a run game that's going to get better as the year goes along. And, and Eric Gray is kind of that spectacular flash runner, right? He makes a cut, and you're like, oh, he could go. Kennedy Brooks is that more prodding, you know, he'll you can't tackle him on first contact. He understands the offense whenever they're running that GT counter. They ran Gabe Love that little outside outside zone play. They ran that a lot on Saturday. Nebraska did a really good job defending the uh, the, the counter play on Saturday. So Oklahoma was mis mixing up its running game. I thought the most rewarding thing, Toby, was when they knew, when Nebraska knew they were going to run it, and when they had to run it, Oklahoma was still able to run the yeah. football. Here's another thing. You know, you think back to how teams, OU's been able to put away teams in the fourth quarter with Trey Sermon or whoever the back may be in recent years. Those were teams, offenses, that were doing what we were talking about, having 14, 15 possessions a game, scoring 50 points, going up and down the field, maybe 90 snaps in a game on offense. We saw some 100-snap games in the past. And by the fourth quarter, a defense was just completely gassed. And now you give the ball to a fresh Trey Sermon, and he's gouging people. Mm -hmm. This is a different style. OU's defense was also gassed in those <laughs> games because they were playing so many plays. So you've got it here. You've got an eight-possession game. You've got an Oklahoma defense that's fresh at the end, like we saw against Tulane, where they were able to make the stop when they had to. But you've got, you've got an opposing defense that is also fresher, and more willing and able to stand up to the OU run game. I think all of that kind of adds into stylistically so far this year, they're getting it done in a different way, but they're still so far getting it done. It's a little scary. It's been scary. Mm -hmm. Tulane had the ball with a chance to win. Nebraska had the ball with a chance to win. If they had gone down, they would have gone for they two. They would have gone for two, totally. So it's been scary, but they've still been able to – they're 3-0 and instead of 1-2, and and you just hope that it just keeps getting better – and building as the year goes along. OU West Virginia, Saturday night, 6.30. Toby and I, along with Gabe and Teddy, will be on the air with a 4.30 pregame show, and we'll be live from out at the party at the Palace, and, oh, it is going to be beautiful weather-wise. Come, Come hang out. Some. It'll be great. Even if you don't have tickets to the game, the party at the Palace is awesome. Three and a half hour, four hours before kickoff. Um, food trucks, all the pregame shows are there. It's awesome. And you've got a big night tonight. Right? Curtis Lofton hanging out with you? Yeah, we, we're at Rudy's tonight, like every Tuesday throughout the season. The huddle at 6 o'clock, Curtis Lofton will join me for that. And then Curtis is going to stick around and be on the Lincoln Riley Show tonight as well. So come see us, have some barbecue, and uh, see Coach, uh, Coach Lincoln. who will join us virtually, and it'll be a good night. Good stuff, man. See you, bud. For those on the podcast side, the Lincoln Riley Press Conference is now. All right, thanks, Chris. Welcome, everybody. Uh, looking forward to starting our, our conference uh, journey here with a really good West Virginia team uh, to, to start it off. Obviously, they're, they're playing at a high level. Uh, Neil Brown's done a tremendous job there. He's got a great staff, a lot of guys that we're very familiar with and have crossed paths with at different points, and uh, clearly doing a great job. Uh, obviously, this is the, the one game that we missed last year as far as playing in the conference, so it'll be good to get a chance to compete against these guys. Uh, they're playing at a very high level. Obviously had a huge win uh, last weekend against a, a very good Virginia Tech team. So uh, this is a complete football team coming in here. Uh, experienced quarterback, strong run game, um, and, and one of the top defenses in the country. Um, and and that were last year and certainly playing already at a, a very high level this year. So uh, will be a will be a big challenge for us. Uh, we're looking forward to getting a chance to, to compete against these guys. I uh, want to say, again, just for our, our fan base last weekend, just how phenomenal the atmosphere was and uh, expecting the same thing just under the lights here this week. I know uh, getting a primetime game here at 6.30, um, 
you know, and last one that we'll have here for a while. Uh, we, team's looking forward to going out, you know, performing well, uh, competing, and uh, I know it'll be a great atmosphere in there Saturday night for the entire nation to see. So looking forward to that, and we will uh, go ahead and take questions. Yeah, Lincoln, we saw the rotations tighten up a little bit, especially defensively this weekend. When you're uh, going through that and trying to decide some of those things, how do you have to balance the, the present versus what y'all are facing schedule-wise with this nine-week stretch to open the season without a bye? Yeah, that's no, a good question. You know, and it's not a, it's not a, there's not an exact answer. I mean, I think every, every position's different. You know, I think it, you know, if you've got a, a clear-cut one, you know, how dominant is that one? How much further ahead are they than the, maybe the two or the three? You know, how many reps do you feel like they can play at a high level and, and get their best? Um, how good are the two? How good is the three? You know, how many guys do you rotate and want to feel like that are ready to play and compete, you know, no matter who we're playing? And so uh, some of it's been just some of our evaluations as the, as the beginning of the season has, has kind of transpired and we've been able to see what these guys are doing on the practice field, what they're doing on the game field. Uh, and, and in several cases, especially defensively, there's a lot of positions where there's some tough decisions. I mean, there really is. And you know, what we've told our guys is don't, don't make it 50-50. Like, don't, don't leave it up to us. Make it so clear cut that any Joe Schmo in the stands could figure out who needs to be the starter. If you do that, you're probably going to be on the field. If it's 50-50, then Sometimes it's going to go your way with with the reps, and sometimes it's not. And so, a lot of competition. And 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 then I think our guys have also got to have an understanding. You know, we're just at the beginning of this thing. You know, this is a long season. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns. You know, one one example we've used through the years is you know go look. You know, Hollywood's first year here. Go look at go look at the first half of Marquise's year. Go look at the second half. I mean, he didn't even. Our second game at Ohio State, he didn't even play one snap. You know, by the end of the season, he's one of the best receivers in the country. So, you know, opportunities can come up. They're going to fluctuate when you've got a talented team like we do. So, uh, we need guys to continue to compete. We're going to continue to evaluate, and I think I think those reps will continue to change and fluctuate as times goes on and the different circumstances do come up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lincoln, you guys don't seem to be throwing down the field as much, maybe deep balls as much as you do typically. I'm just wondering, is that intentional? Is that the result of what the defense is doing? Can you kind of take us through that? Yeah, just some of – a little bit of just some how it's how it's played out. Um, we've had we've had a couple things, you know, dialed up that we just hadn't quite been able to get to or we just missed or, um, you know, bad timing by me on the calls. I mean, we've – We've, uh, I don't look back at it and say any of the times where we haven't played well offensively early in the season that, that that's the sole thing. You know, our, our big deal offensively is we've, we've got to play with all 11 more often. You know, we're, we're doing some good things. And actually, probably from when I left the field Saturday afternoon to getting to watch the tape, we played actually a little bit better offensively than I, than I felt leaving. I wasn't real happy about it uh, when we left the field. But... Uh, we did some good things. It was a you know, it was a low possession game. I mean, in a normal possession game, there we probably even not playing up to our level we expect. We probably still score 35 ish, you know, somewhere in there. It's just, and then everybody's nobody's saying anything about it. So we need to play better. That's that's the bottom line for us. We need to play. Our good is plenty good enough. We we need to play more consistent across the board. And I would say it's it's pretty symptomatic at every position. Every position level is playing. 
pretty decent. You know, we need we don't need anybody to be a lot better. We just need everybody to be a little better. Hey Lincoln, uh, you guys found some success running the ball on Saturday, but you've talked about you know wanting to limit the reps for Eric Gray, Kenny Brooks, since you're, they're your own scholarship backs. How do you find that balance between you know utilizing them if they're effective, but also trying to keep them fresh throughout? The season? Yeah, I just think we evaluate that going in, and if we've had a game you know where guys have had a lot of reps, or if a guy's banged up, then we've got to keep that in mind. But you know. I mean, for example, going into last week, I mean, nobody played a lot of snaps the, the week prior, and both those guys are healthy and getting better. So we were pretty much on free reign with those guys. And, and uh, you know, unless somebody gets banged up or just gets a just ton of reps, I would imagine we'll continue to cut those guys loose. Lincoln, the progress on the offensive line, is that starting to be where you need it to be? And is that a group that has to have a set five, or can you go with seven or eight? Well, I think you got to have a few more that can play. Um, and we've tried to be a little more conscious of it early this season because we've had several pretty hot games already. Um, and so we've tried to be conscious of it there. Um, I'm sure a group will settle in here as we go, but I, I would imagine with the quality of bodies we have in there, I would imagine we'll play six or seven the majority of the games. Uh, and I thought we did a lot of good things up front the other day. Honestly, we that was, that group was probably the, the strongest group offensively on the field. I thought they, they played well. We were pretty solid in the run game, pretty solid in pass pro. Um, really, the, the the majority of the pressures came from you know, the backs have got to do a better job in pass pro of, of finishing. Um, so uh, we're getting there. We're taking some strides there. The old adage that coaches use with their quarterbacks, take what the defense gives you. I, I know you've said just as much as anyone else over the years, but at a place like Oklahoma, <clears throat> where you've, you've had such a big splash offensively the last five or six years with your previous quarterbacks, is that a tougher message to have sink in for a kid like Spencer, given what's happened here the last four or five years? Um, and there's a high expectation here offensively, and, and he understands that. Um, I think probably more just based on his expectations and I think all of ours of, of what we can be offensively this year as compared to maybe other years. Um, I think we feel like we got the makings of a really good group. And I think there's a, a pretty general consensus around our program that we feel like we're pretty close and probably a little bit closer than a lot of people think to really playing some good ball. And we've had some periods of this season already where we've played very good ball. So. Um, it's a fine line, and uh, we got to push it over the hump. I think the thing for Spencer is to continue to, to stay patient, to continue to play within this system and, and trust his teammates, trust what we're doing. And uh, if, if we can all do that as a group, we'll continue to get better, and we'll bust through and play pretty well here coming up soon. John Hoover. I want to follow up on that um, regarding Jason's question about the yards per play, yards per completion, whatever it is that's really down this year. Does that play into what you're talking about with Spencer as well? With the he's got to trust the system, trust what's going on. It looks like he's not maybe trusting. I don't know his protection or where the receivers are going to be breaking open. Looks like not all of it's on him, obviously, but looks like a lot of those decisions are coming from his arm. Well, I wouldn't say that's accurate. I mean, I think, kid, I don't think there's one position group that I can look at and says just been just completely outstanding and there's certainly not been one position group including his that's been that's been below average. I mean we've just 
kind of all been okay and we've kind of all took our turns. I mean, we've we played, you know, we've had some periods we played phenomenal against Tulane the first half. We played pretty phenomenal the entire second game. And then the beginning of Lay's last two games, we played excellent against a really good group. Um, so, I mean, we, we've had our periods. We've got to be able to sustain it, to have more consistency across the board. And again, it kind of goes back to what I said. We don't need anybody to be a lot better. We need everybody to be just a little bit better. We're that close. Jamie Carlson. Lincoln, you guys keep bringing in really good receivers, and they keep producing. But Drake Stoops, walk on, keeps getting on the field, keeps making catches and plays. What is it about him that just enables him to continue to find a way? He's just he's gotten a lot better. I mean, he's he carved a role out for himself last year with, I think, just how well he knows our system, um, being a guy that you could trust him to do his job every single time, trust him to make adjustments, to understand kind of the broader scheme. Um, you know, you trust how, how hard and fast that he played. Um, this year, I think different in that he is really, he's in a good place physically, you know, better than he's ever been. Uh, he's really, really got a great feel for setting people up and winning on routes. And, and he's become a guy that, you know, is, not just in now, kind of because we trust him. He's in because we want to. We want to get on the ball. We want to use him. I mean, he's he's just he's just gotten better. I mean, he really has. He's he's better in every way. So, you know, regardless of where any of these guys came from, it's about what you do with the opportunity. And he's made the most of it, and you know, just continues to make big strides for us. Coach, you've had a couple of situations here where your defense has had to make some stops late in games to get you wins. How does that help you in terms of identity, how you guys view yourselves heading into Big 12 play? Um, you know, I think regardless of who's out there at the end, we, we have confidence in whether it's our defense, offense, whatever it is, to make plays in the end to, to win games. And, and uh, something we've taken pride in. And, and we understand as a football team that you are going to have to win different ways. And, and finding ways to do that is not a skill you want to overlook. So it's great to see our defense do that. We have played very well in some critical situations. Um, so I think that's been great. And I think we're all, I think we all know we've got a lot more left in the tank on all three sides because we've, you know, in the two games this year that have, that have gotten, uh, you know, that have been close at the end, we've had a couple opportunities to separate. And uh, so as a team, that's something we got to be able to do a better job of, play a little bit more quality ball and take advantage when we do get those leads. Um, but obviously the ability to close out, you know, we've played in a couple close games. We'll play in more close games going forward. That's, that's uh, the nature of it right now. And, you know, for us to show that ability and have that confidence in those critical moments is a great thing. Lincoln, West Virginia comes into this game with one of the best defensive tackles in college football. You've told us before how difficult that is, the game plan against that. Talk about them defensively and what you're running into Saturday. Yeah, great group. You know, it'll be a really, really good defensive front. Uh, they're experienced at linebackers, very experienced at safety. Got a corner that's played a lot. Got a couple transfers that came in and then DBs. Um, and really, they had missed a beat. You know, they lost some good players from last year, but. They're they're playing at a very high level. I mean, they are. They can they can rush the passer. They've been good against the run. Uh, they do some really good things schematically. Um, you know, so they're 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 challenging really at all levels. So uh, it'll be it'll be a good test. You know, we we didn't obviously get a chance to get that test last year, and they were playing at a high level. But it'll be obviously a good test for us uh, offensively, and hopefully we'll we'll play well and be a pretty good test for them too. Mason Young. 
uh, Lincoln was curious about Jalen Redmond, kind of just where is he in terms of where you thought he'd be about right now coming back? And also, it seems like Isaiah Coe is kind of giving you guys a, a bit of a shot in the arm on the defensive line. Yeah, yeah. No, I think Jalen is uh, he's doing well. He played his he played really well for us the other day. Uh, just you know, assignment wise, he's been really good. I think. Uh, you know, physically, he's in a good place. You know, the amount of pressure he's able to get, he's just a, he's a matchup problem inside. He really is. Just the, the combination of the athleticism and the strength that he has is, is pretty unique. So, and just starting really to, to settle in. And I think you're starting to see the kind of the, like the smaller nuances of the position. They're showing up more on tape with him now. You know, he's really starting to turn into a good player. He really is. So, um, he's doing great. He's doing great. I'm excited about him. And yeah, Isaiah Coe is taking advantage of, uh, you know, a couple guys being out. We had a couple guys that missed some practice time, and he's one of the guys that has, you know, really stepped up, got an opportunity, and has made the most of it. And I mean, I know everybody saw the block the other day, but he's done a lot of other very, very promising things um, that, that have us excited about him. Yeah, you know, Lincoln, two part question on Spencer. How's he playing compared to how he played at the end of last year when he was so in such a groove? And how, whatever problems you're having, how much are they related to what's going on across the country where teams aren't scoring as much as they have been? And, and a lot of teams are struggling to score. Are teams playing you different? Are defenses catching up? How, how's that all work together? Um, I, think he's, I think he's playing. It, it's so hard to compare because it's – it's two different groups. You know, you're talking about a group that had played a bunch of games there together last year, and you get in a, you get in a groove, and it's, uh, you know, especially our, our skill positions are radically different. I mean, we, there's not a whole lot of this that's the same out there, and even some of the guys that are the same are at different positions, you know. I mean, uh, so I think a little difficult to compare. I mean, he's been, He's been good. He's had he can play better. He can play cleaner. Um, he's missed a couple of throws in the games that you know you typically expect him to make. Um, but I think he's I think he's played good and right on the verge of playing very very well. Um, yeah, and then I mean, as far as the trends across the country, I mean, hard to say after three games and not obviously having a chance to see everybody. But I mean, I think there's some. You know, I think defensive schemes are getting, you know, more and more unique as you go through. I think there's a lot of good talent right now across college football. And, I mean, I don't I, – I guess I'd say this. I don't, I don't see as many bad defenses as I used to see, you know, in my opinion. I mean, I just – there's there, – it just feels like that everybody's, you know, kind of – the defenses have evolved. And, uh, and I think everybody's – you're starting to see that be more widespread, and it's not just one, you know a couple here or there. Um, so, um, you know, this game always goes in cycles, you know, and introduced or tempo or RPOs and all that, and defenses always catch up, and then things continue to to, to innovate, and it'll always be that kind of game of that cat and mouse game. So, I think we're just in the middle of one of those cycles right now. Now, with that, we still expect to play a whole hell of a lot better offensively. Lincoln, I was actually going to follow up on what Barry asked that second part. It is at the top, we haven't seen as much just dominant performances across three games as you maybe would have expected in years past. Is that as simple as the defenses are getting better? Have we maybe overlooked how different it's going to be to go back into these packed stadiums after what last year was? Like, it, just from the outside looking in, it just seems kind of off for everyone across college football. 
Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot new right now. I mean, yeah, the, maybe the stadiums, I don't know. I, I would say just the, the preparation has still been very unusual, although way more normal. But I mean, you don't, like, you're these, you're these guys, you don't get last year back and all the time missed and the games missed and the non-practices and the, you know, the time you missed with COVID and all just, you don't get those things back. And so, and I think, you know, the thing is, I mean, with, with football, if you have bad offense and bad defense, bad defense is going to win. I mean, you have to, offensively, you have to be inept. You have to be able to do something, or even if the other side's not playing well, it's still going to look like good defense to the, you know, the casual fan. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, is that symptomatic nationwide? I mean, hard for me to say, um, but I do know, you know, execution-wise, maybe the offenses are just a, a shade behind where maybe most people typically were at this point. Again, certainly not an excuse, and I can't, I certainly don't want to speak for everybody, but it's, you're still talking about a lot of these players that, that have had interruptions, a lot of interruptions last year, and even just a lot of new things kind of going on right now. I mean, literally half our team the other day, the first time they'd ever played in front of a full stadium was the, was the Western game. I mean, that's which is, it's just, it's still all a little unique right now. I mean, it just, it just is. Yeah. Craig Brandon, on the far left. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How much of that has to do with just the, the, the gap that was stopped with screen last year, not having that, hardly having any ball, or if they did have ball camp, they missed a good portion of it because of COVID protocol and all that. And then uh, how much of that has to do with, I guess, the timing with Spencer and some of the, like Marvin Mintz, for instance, is he'll go off in the first half. And then I think he's had like nine receptions and 14 games in the second half of games. Is that due to timing or is it is it due to the adjustments of the, the teams? Just Yeah, I, I don't have a great answer for that, honestly. I mean, you know, probably I would venture to guess somewhere around half of Marvin's games, we've we've gotten some pretty big separation in games early, and uh, you know, probably some of that's due to him not playing a whole lot in the second half. Um, some of it's luck of the draw. Some of it's I don't know that there's I've identified that there's like one thing that that's happened. I, I think um, as far as missing camp and all that, yeah, I mean that that's hurt that's hurt every football player, not just offensive players. Um, you know, there are some guys in our program right now, and, and I'm sure pro every program across the country could say this right now, that aren't as developed, having missed all that time. And again, with last year being so, so unique. And so, I mean, it just, it is what it is. I mean, I think the older guys in the program are, are you know, a little further along still. But yeah, I would say that's fair to say that some of the, you know, first, especially second year guys, maybe even some of the third year guys, um, you know, are a little behind. But again, everybody's on an equal playing field there. Everybody's dealing with the same thing. Coach, curious, how is Billy Bowman doing? Does he have a chance to play this week? And also, Woody Washington, does he have an update on him as well? Yeah, Billy's doing well. We, we expect Billy to play. Uh, Woody Washington won't play. He'll, his, uh, his injury will be uh, some significant time. But we do expect him back this season. Yeah, Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about the recruitment of D.J. Graham. When you were recruiting him, uh, did, you, did you see him as a defensive back from the beginning, or were you considering him at receiver? And uh, just what do you remember about his recruitment? Yeah, I remember seeing his tape. We liked him. He came to a summer camp to work out, partly to try to help us answer that question. Um, 
majority of his tape was, was offensive tape. Um, and we wanted to see if we thought DB was potential in his future. Um, we thought he had potential as both. Um, and once we got to see him live, uh, we felt like athletically he could he could have a chance to play both for us. So we we offered him as a as an athlete that that day after camp. And um, yeah, and the recruitment went went smooth. I mean, I think there was a lot of conversations back and forth about you know what the right thing was going to be. And I think it took some trust certainly on his and his family's part to to kind of help trust us to to guide him that way. Some of it being evaluating his skill set and where would he best. Uh, best have a chance to play and, and succeed, and also looking ahead at the team and you know where do you have maybe that, that bigger opening to possibly get on the field early in your career and uh, everything about it made sense as a DB and he he was he was on and he was kind of halfway on halfway off early not not maliciously I just think he was trying to really convince himself that this was the right thing and I think as he got the hang of it he got out there he had some success. You know, I think he's pretty fully convinced now. So um, it's been a, it's been a good move for him, the right move for him. Lincoln, uh, Jeremiah Cradell, I guess a lot of people probably expect that he would have seen a lot of snaps with Billy out. Has he been healthy, or is he, or is he one of those cases that's made it 50-50? Yeah, a little bit of that, and he's had a couple health things that he's that he's battling through as well. Um, so no, but he's. He's done a good job. Yeah, I would say he's one of the, been one of those guys kind of right in that, that pile of players that's, that's pushing to play more. And, uh, but he's, uh, no, he's done well. He's practiced well. It's been kind of good to have him back here full time. So we'll just, like I said, it's kind of a competitive group with a lot of intriguing options with, you know, Brules and Lawrence and, and uh, you know, Turner Yale all able to come down there and play that position as well. So we've got, we've got a good group that we're trying to sift through. Lincoln, going to go off Main Street here for a second. I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of your guys and their uh, their thigh pads, okay. which <laughs> is apparently quite a big deal amongst a lot of these guys. Curious from your perspective, this is obviously, I mean, you got to play as a team, but these guys with the individual sort of expressions, what do you make of them, and what, what's sort of the talk amongst these guys with those things? Yeah, they actually told me some guys have been doing it for a few years. I'd never seen it until this year, never I think they told me maybe Buki did it or something like that, maybe one other guy on our team. And honestly, I had never even paid attention to it, I had no idea. Um, yeah, I, you know, the question was asked, you know, we looked at it from the NIL perspective and told, you know, we told the guys obviously can't have a uh, NIL attachment to it, um, you know, can't be a brand, anything like that. But, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I mean, we put their names on the back of their jerseys too, you know, so I mean, so if we put your number on your thigh pads, like who cares? I mean, I, I, you know, if it's something that's egregious or something that I think, you know, is, is taking attention away, something that's, uh, you know, not good for the uniform, you know, because uh, that's fine. But I mean, to say we all look the same, we all have our names on the back too. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I want to give our guys some, some small windows within the framework of the team to, um, you know, express themselves, show any individuality. And that to me was not a, not a big deal. And I've been asked other things. I promise that I've that I've axed, but I uh, didn't ax that one. We're, <clears throat> Lincoln, we're still trying to, I think, navigate where uh, NIL's taken everybody, and now, especially into the season, trying to figure out, you know, just what, what kind of a <clears throat> impact it's going to have. Now that the game's begun. Are you still out in front of your guys, 
making sure they're on point as far as take care of business here first and then the opportunities will come and are you comfortable with how they're responding to this? Yeah, no, I think our guys have done a great job. They've done a good job communicating kind of with our processes when these things have come up and one thing we pushed early on our guys was, you know, to, to have a have a schedule and obviously minimize it during season. And if you do it, get it done early in the season and, and uh, not letting it stand in the way of academics or football. And uh, we really, I got to be honest, I mean, among our walls, I mean, we, we still check in with our guys about it, talk about it, all that. But it hasn't hasn't probably been as big a topic as what maybe people on the outside might think. I mean, I think our guys, for the most part, have handled it well. I'm not aware of any, you know, distraction that's come up or something that I've had to address up to this point. Not saying it won't happen, but I, I don't think I don't think the NIL has had any impact on our season up to this point, which is where we want it. James Hale. Now, your special teams, it looks like to be one special teams battle in every game. Everybody talks about breakage. The first chance to see Turk for the first time really helped you out. And one that he really had a chance to kick, and the others he was trying to get inside the 20. It looked like to me he's going to be a tremendous weapon. You look at him as a weapon for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, he's, a, he's a talented guy. You know, his, his, um, he obviously did a great job pinning him down the other day. Uh, didn't hit, didn't hit a great ball coming out of the uh, coming out of the end zone. Um, you know, and obviously we know he can be a lot better there. But no, he's a he's a gifted guy because he's got he's got power. He's got the ability to to you know to, to place the ball where you want it placed. Um, and then he can his hang time when he just I mean hits his normal ball, not even a big one, is is pretty impressive. So now he is, and he he certainly. You know, as these games unfold, I mean, his ability is a, is a factor, you know, in the decision making um, when we when we get in those situations for sure. This is uh, obviously 2019 or 2020. You didn't get to host recruits very much. How how has it been hosting recruits now? Um, obviously, since COVID's back. Uh, it, is it different than how y'all used to approach it, even with COVID? I'm just kind of curious on that. Yeah, um, it just, part of it just feels different because, like you said, it's been so long. You know, the kind of got used to last year before games, after games, you just coach the game and that was it. And uh, obviously, a little bit more to it now. So, kind of getting back in the flow. Um, but it's been good. It's been good to host people. You know, we've we've got some. COVID protocols that we're, uh, you know, being careful with and trying to be very aware of, both for our staff, our players, and and the recruits and their families. And that's, I would say, that's changed some of the scheduling that we would do to try to put everybody in safe environments. Um, but other than that, it feels feels kind of like it used to feel, and it's been good to be able to have people here and see families and sit down and meet with them and. You know, have them over to our homes. I mean, all those things. So I think it's been very positive, and certainly it's really positive when you can go put recruits in an atmosphere like we've had here the last two weeks. Uh, that makes it, uh, again, our, our fans. You can't probably hard for you to even imagine the impact that that has. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate. Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.